for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Sarah Potter, who is the founder and owner of SP Projects, an independent art advisory and consulting business based in New York. With more than a decade of experience in the fine art world, Sarah has placed an emphasis on curating private and corporate collections with artwork that is aesthetically satisfying and a good financial investment. With a discerning eye, she utilizes her passion for modern-day mysticism, spirituality, and the occult to create experiential exhibitions of innovative artwork and memorable performances. In 2017, Sarah expanded her business to include lectures and workshops on her lifelong practice of tarot and color magic, a means of using specific cues to conjure different energies and manifest personal transformation. Sarah and her various endeavors have been featured in such places as Bust Magazine, Vice Nylon, and Viceland Slut Ever. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you today. How are you? I'm so good, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, what is the magical tool you use the most often, and how do you use it? So... I feel like it's hand adornment. Mm, Right? I was, I, um, I feel like a lot of my power comes through my hands, especially shuffling tarot decks multiple times a day. So I've been thinking a lot about how I use my hands and I actually like, I feel like I have really giant hands and really long fingers. I was totally made fun of for my (laughs) hands as a kid. And so I feel like, you have to take back that power. And if you're going to look at my hands, I want to give you something to look at. So I love to get my nails done. I spent three hours with my nail girl yesterday, getting them totally glittered and rhinestoned out. I'll, I'll send you a picture when we hang up. And then I love to wear rings. My friend Mia, um, has made me a bunch of rings that I wear. And I feel like a lot of my power comes through, that adornment. So I've been looking at my hands as as a magical tool a lot lately. That makes perfect sense to me. I actually feel like I have uh, man hands myself. I have... like meat fingers and I love getting my nails done for the exact same reason just to distract from what I don't like. It's so good and it's just like I don't know we use our hands so much I feel like I'm always on my phone and so a lot of the like connection through other people is is channeling through and into that dimension and it's just I've really been thinking about my hands a lot differently the past year. I love it. So I read an interview that you did with Bust last year that you've been reading for two decades. That's crazy. Uh, But what I really liked about this interview is that you said that you're always still learning. And I really, really related to that. That resonates with me. And, you know, every important mentor I've ever had has stressed the importance of always remaining a student in your craft. Um, so can you explain to some people who might be new to tarot, uh, why that's so important? Well, I think it's really important because as you're developing a relationship with tarot, I feel like 
it's always good to have a foundation. And so I think it's important to learn everything you can, but then break away from it and create your own relationships with each cards. And what I love about talking to different readers is how they feel about different cards. Like what's your favorite card? What uh, card are you currently embodying or what card do you wish to embody or what card makes you laugh? Cause I mean, these cards are hilarious <laughs> and I just love to hear everyone else's associations and everyone's little like nicknames they have for a card or, uh, especially in like the minor arcana where there's so much going on. I feel like I nickname all of those cards and, I also feel like the world is changing so much right now. And a lot of the associations with these cards were created in a time very different from what we're living in now, especially when it comes to gender associations. So we need to always be creating what I feel like are contemporary or modern associations with the cards. So when I'm talking about always learning, I feel like that's really important as well. And to get different perspectives on the cards because sometimes through conversations with other readers, I love hearing about their relationships and how that can affect mine as well. Yeah. I know personally, um, my relationships to particular cards have evolved over the last you know, a few years and hopefully they continue to. And it's just almost like when you're like diving into a portal, when you're like, Oh, and you unlock this new level of the card. <laughs> it's really yes. interesting. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it goes deeper. It goes further. This is crazy. Right. It's so exciting. And I feel like depending on what I'm currently going through, I relate to different cards in a different way. And so I feel like I grow up with them, which I think is really nice and lovely. Yeah. Do you ever find that there are hidden messages for you when you're giving readings to clients? Sometimes I do feel like there's something alchemical about a tarot reading where I do believe that whatever healing I do for you is also operating on me as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes messages come through or certain clients come to me with an issue and I'm like, Oh, I can relate to that right now. Or that's something I can learn from as well. We're learning together from this situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. You, yeah. Well, you and I actually have a really similar reading style. We both aim to empower our clients and, you know, with self-advocating, positive change, and just general vibration raising. And my personal goal is to make sure every woman feels like the high priestess by the end of the reading. Um, tell me about some of the things that come up for you when you are trying to kind of empower your clients. What I love is that you said you mentioned the high priestess because I feel like she is all about our intuition. And a goal of mine with my clients is to remind them that their intuition is so powerful and to strengthen that muscle and to listen to that inner voice because we all have it. We just sometimes have to believe in ourselves and amplify that voice. So we talk a lot about intuition and following that intuitive guide. Yeah, that's real. (laughs) Right? It's so important because I feel like we can all lose our way sometimes. And there was 
a time in my life when I really was working majorly with that card and that archetype to remind myself of my own intuition as well. Yeah, I get that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, One thing that I've been trying to explain to clients in layman's terms lately, and I actually wanted to get your take on this. Um, Of course, I understand that outcomes and tarot readings can shift with every action, not only of the client, but of the other people in their story. And I've gotten pretty good at explaining this to clients, that these cards are based on how everything is right now and are subject to change over time. So, right, we know that, but... Uh, a lot of that information that about the shifts is hidden even for us. And do you do you think that that is because destiny is like basically saying, bruh, the only way out is through no clues? <laughs> I totally believe that. And I also think that also playing on the last question, evolving into this one, I think it's very important to remind clients that they have agency as well. Yeah. Like you can't just sit back and let the cards tell you what to do and then roll with it. Like you have to be an active participant in your life. Get in the driver's seat and press that gas pedal. Yes, girl. Get in that car. Exactly. (laughs) Get in, loser. We're going shopping. (laughs) Right. And I do feel that like sometimes I do feel that guides or the universe do hide certain elements from the cards, from myself, because there can be an element of surprise. We don't need to know literally everything. And I agree with timing is everything. Chemistry is everything. So, um, but we can get a very good read on what we need to know in this moment. Yeah. All right. So bright colors are known to trigger our psyche and engage our intuitive minds. And I wanted to ask you about that correlation. You know, even in the earliest decks, such as the Marseille, uh, it was intentionally brightly colored. And, And I was wondering also, like, how do you use the colors in your readings? Do you use, like, the regular color scale? I do. And I feel like, so the Marseille deck, I love that one, but I don't use it. Um, I always use the same deck with my clients. I use the Miss Cleo ancient Egyptian deck. No way. I've never met anyone who uses that deck. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. She cracks me (laughs) up. This card is, this deck is so visceral and the colors are not, they aren't super vibrant. They are pretty reliant on the primary scale, but I, I feel like I have a general, color correspondence for the deck so it's almost like it's operating on a visceral mental level for me instead of necessarily what's in front of me physically yeah yeah but there are so many decks that use color so well and so vibrantly and add to that mood and I mean I love collecting decks on a visual level like I just feel like it's like having a beautiful set of prints that I can pull out and and make new associations with by flipping through them and getting a new inspiration. You know, I have a little bit of a collection problem when it comes to decks. I have well over 50 and I do the same thing. I really only use, I stick to like three decks. I teach with the Smith weight 
I read with Pagan Other Worlds and with the Morgan Greer. Morgan Greer mostly. And Mm -hmm. I have all these other decks. But I do the same thing. I'll pull them out just to flip through. And when you think about how much work goes into the process of making a deck... It's really crazy. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I just love to see different artists' interpretations of these cards, and it makes me think of them differently as well through their eyes. Like, right now, one of my absolute favorites is Apparition by Spirit Speak. It's really, it's illustrative, but I feel like each card gives you just enough information. They're, they're, it's a big card with a lot of blank space in each one so you kind of can really take a moment to to think and breathe with each card and I just like the high priestess card in this deck is exceptional it's just unlike any other depiction I've seen of that card it's saying yeah it's really lovely and interesting and Evocative. I'm glad that you brought up a deck I've never heard of, so I kind of want to return the favor. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Cosmic Tarot by Norbert Loesch. It has a lot of thatching, you know, a lot of, like, crosshatch sketches. Oh, I don't think I know this deck. It's very 80s. It's really detailed. (laughs) Did you spill something? No, no, I'm just, like, loving that it's 80s, because that cracks me up. (laughs) Yeah, 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 me too. Um, Yeah, some of them, and and that's funny, too. I was thinking about it before, because you were talking about cards that, uh, that make you laugh. The Eight of Wands is so, like, overzealous. This guy is, like so intense kicking in the air and holding his foot out in front of him like he's flying through the air with all these wands <laughs> it's really Amazing. intense and it's like very like okay so i actually read that card differently in that deck than i do in the morgan greer or smithwaite you know because it's like this is you're trying a little too hard and that's yeah (laughs) I love that but the colors are beautiful the artwork is so it's just so detailed and there's stuff after six years that I'm still seeing that I never saw before and that's really cool that's what I love again it's that total evolution of the relationship with the cards that you can still be learning yeah exactly and you know what that's what keeps it really exciting and fun so totally and there's nothing wrong with a little humility you know (laughs) oh yeah I want to always remain open and a student and learn and never feel like I know everything can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect to get out of your color magic workshops yes I feel like I want everyone to walk away with a new appreciation, love, and understanding of color because I feel like color is so exciting. There's so much uh, to take away from it. I want you to see color differently because what I love about color is that, you know, I feel like something like tarot, we can all get something out of it, but not everyone relates to it. Color is something that we all relate to. We all are dealing with. We all experience it. It's not something that's so grand and puzzling. It's something like we ask children what their favorite color is all the time, and they can easily answer. And I just want you to see color differently after you leave the workshop. And that's like when students and participants come to me later 
after taking the workshop, maybe it's even a week later or six months later, and tell me about how a certain color they've been seeing everywhere, or they've started working with this new color, and this is the result they've had. There's nothing better than that. It's so exciting. It's so empowering. And there's something, you know, I feel like I love stuff. I love buying stuff. I think we all, there's so much stuff now that we can see and, uh, you know, crystals and magical tools, but color you can work with and you don't have to buy anything. It's accessible. And I feel like we should all have access to magic and visualizing a color will give you a powerful effect. And so something that we can all access across the board, no matter where we're coming from, I think is wonderful and important and true magic. Yeah. I'm all for embracing the inner child also. Yes. <laughs> so oh, I was, so I was wondering what's your favorite color. I'm so glad you asked. It's pink. Pink is my favorite color. <laughs> That's great. Mine is purple. So we go together mm. really well. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny, I feel like like pink is the overall everlasting favorite color of mine, but then sometimes I'll add in kind of a secondary color that I'm currently working with. I feel like I do that with tarot as well. Like and it's that's more of my everyday or current situation secondary color. Yeah. That makes sense. My yeah. favorite color of pink is not hot pink, but bright pink with a really pale blue green. Ooh. But I was born I in 1980, so of course I like that color scheme. <laughs> of course. It's so good. Amazing. Amazing. Well, so much of our, I feel like, visual language and favorite things are developed in childhood that we carry through with us into adulthood. Like, I feel like personal style, um, what we're attracted to. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's basically all I've got for you. Do you want to share your last plugs? How do people find you on social? We'll talk about your workshops coming up, etc. I would love to. So I feel like Instagram is truly my medium as a visual person. I love Instagram. So you can connect with me there at I am Sarah Potter, Sarah with an H. And I like to do, I like to share a tarot card every day as well as I do a live weekly reading, um, my weekly Oracle forecast over at Black Iris Studios account, which is where I see clients in Greenpoint. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, but Instagram's my, my absolute favorite connection with people. As far as workshops, I have a lot coming up. I, I do... Uh, moon workshops, usually every other month with Spirit House Collective in Brooklyn. I have a color magic workshop coming up in Boston through the cauldron. That's November 2nd. Thank you. It's November 2nd. Uh, I have, let's see. I'm, oh, I'm going to be part of the Witches Confluence in San Francisco. That's October 20th. I'm really excited. This is my first San Francisco workshop. So, I'm really psyched to meet all of the Bay Area witches there. I will be doing uh, my first color magic workshop in New York since this beginning of summer at Cult Party. That's going to be this fall. Nice. And, yeah, I'm super excited to be there. And uh, I've also developed a new workshop with my friend Kristen Soleil, and that 
is super exciting. Please stay tuned. We're announcing that and I've this has been in the works for a long time and I'm very excited for its launch. I'm like so psyched. So that's the workshop we're launching at House Witch. I love it. That's so exciting. I love House Witch, by the way. I do too. I did a color magic workshop with them last spring and or spring 2018 and it was just so much fun and I'm really (laughs) excited to be back there with Kristen yeah I love the shop it's like I went in it was just dancing like the music was really good and the girl behind the counter was like dancing with me it's really cute that's so fun I know it's so good I used to live in Boston and I remember going to Salem when I was like 19 and it was so exciting to be there and uh, I went there as much as I could and then to be back there teaching a work shop was like a dream come true yeah well thank you so much sarah for spending time with us today thank you so much for having me this was so fun and i love being able to connect with you yeah stay mystic witches be sure to subscribe to mystic witch on any of your favorite platforms and you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our patreon page Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast.